1: Edmonton was high on my list. Uh, and they got a lot of skill up front, and I think they have a great future ahead. I still don't have a Stanley Cup, so I think joining this team is pretty exciting uh, when I look at the potential that the lineup has. My decision was uh, pretty easy, obviously, with those high-caliber players they have on their roster, and just being in the hockey city uh, made my decision really easy. This is Ryan Ragnation Hopkins.
0: This is Oscar Platt. This, this is Kim Cam Talbot. This is Connor from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer, brought to you by... Digitex Office Equipment Solutions North America wide.
1: Yeah, Digitex does
0: that. D I G I T E X dot C A. Now, boss offer on the official few... radio station of your Edmonton Oilers. Six thirty shed. It's one oh six. Hour number two, Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer with you. The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Trusted by 630 Chen. Visit their new e-commerce site and order supplies, printers, and more at digitex.ca. Hugh Porter and the gang at Digitex, they will take care of you. Coming up uh, in 29 seconds time. Roger's Sportsnet analyst, longtime uh, top-end uh, producer in the National Hockey League, John Shannon. We will also have uh, out of Toronto, where he did a um, – he writes for The Athletic. His name is Dom Lucian. And he did a uh, piece last couple of years projecting where teams would finish. And, hey, I'm always an honest guy on this show. I was giving it to him last year. Of where he had the Oiters. And ultimately, he turned out to be wrong because Edmonton finished even lower than what he had projected. So uh, his projections for the Oiters came out today, and he had them coming in 24th in the NHL. But we'll explain how Dom does this work for Sportsnet because you analytics guys, I think, will dig this. Um, and there's some rationale to it that makes a little bit of sense instead of uh, how, in terms of how they come up with the projections. So lots to come up here. You can text us at any time on our Westlock 4 text line at 630, 630. Go out and see Paul Olson at Westlock. Westlock Check out their great selection today at WestlockBoard.com. Uh, you can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline. River Cree has the Proclaimers September 13th and Steve Earle and the Dukes the 30th anniversary of Copperhead Road September 23rd. Do want to mention Elliot Friedman who has appearances every Friday on Orders Now. Uh, Courtesy of the River Cree Resort and Casino, Elliot returns to the airwaves Friday. Uh, Brendan Ulrich will be hosting that show, pinch hitting for me as I will be out at an event with uh, the Oilers Entertainment Group. Without further ado, long time uh, man in the know in the uh, National Hockey League circles. We welcome back to the show analyst for Sportsnet, John Shannon. Hello, John. How are you? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. Does man in the know work for you? Because you're, you're like the guy that kind of knows stuff. Well, I hope I know something. Right. I'm
1: not sure I know much when I'm at home, but I hope I know
0: something. See, I think there's 80% of the people listening to this show are male. And I would sit uh, because we've got the numbers on that. And I would guess that eighty percent of that eighty percent can totally relate to uh, what you're saying. That when you're at the house, you know, <laughs> yeah. Farla. Li- you know, we've all we've all conceded. Uh, Say hello to your lovely wife for me. Yes, you're you're her you're you're her <laughs> personal favorite, her her favorite <laughs> guest on this show. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. nice to know. Yeah. Well, and, and her mo- and her mother, by the way. Yes. 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 Uh, <laughs> wow. Anyhow, let's uh, let's do this, Uh, and you can text us at six thirty, six thirty. John, where are we at with the Seattle situation? Because there's news breaking during the course of today on that front regarding a potential uh, Seattle NHL franchise, and how far moving along there in that process.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's progressing in a timely fashion. You know, today's announcement was that uh, you know the the official document on the arena. Uh, is now complete. Uh, And uh, David Bonderman and Jerry Bruckheimer now have uh, a handful of local owners with uh, a little bit of cash in the pot uh, when the hockey team comes and the arena management comes. Um, I think they're doing everything right. It's interesting. Uh, There was a point, I think, that they were getting a little ahead of themselves. And, and Bob, I think, you know, I think we've talked about it over the years that uh, Mr. Bettman didn't necessarily like a lot of public display of affection about new teams coming out before the team was announced. Uh, these guys have uh, they have quality people being involved They're in the Wiki Brothers. Um, they obviously have the money. They have local ownership now. Uh, things are, are, are pointing in the right direction now. Uh, there's a Board of Governors meeting at the end of September. Uh, they will obviously... It will be a topic of discussion. I'm told there will not be a vote on Seattle at that point. I would not be surprised to see the vote occur at the December board meeting in Florida.
0: All right, so there we go. So December they have the vote. Are we looking at a twenty twenty start date? Like twenty twenty slash twenty twenty one for this group.
1: Well that's what that's what the people in Seattle want. Uh, I mean, and that's why Dave Tippett was hired as a as a consultant. Um, in, in this process to to keep them on the straight and arrow on the hockey side, which, you know, I mean, Tippett obviously has pretty good hockey pedigree and, uh, and would understand what it takes to, to build a hockey club. So I, I think that in the, in the ideal world, they're looking at a 2020. Uh, but everything has to fall into place, Bob, for that to occur. Uh, more than just Seattle, I think that there are other uh, things at play here. Uh, when it comes to how this league gets to 32, uh, how this league uh, realigns itself, uh, and whether we in fact uh, have a new collective bargaining agreement at that
0: point. All right, you open up the Pandora's box. Uh, are we talking about possible relocation with other franchises? Oh,
1: I think we're. I, I think that's always on some level of a burner. Okay. Uh, at, at this point, um, you, you know. I... Uh, yeah, You have to be concerned. You know, not, not everybody makes as much money as the Oilers do. Not everybody makes as much money as the Maple Leafs and the Canadians and the Rangers and the Bruins and the Flyers and the Redwoods.
0: Are the Oilers, um, John, John, are the Oilers a half in this league right now? Uh, I
1: think the Oilers, since they moved into the new arena, have become a half,
0: yes. Uh, well, it's my, it's, uh, it's my belief, John, that actually only in the last year and a half at uh, Rexall Place – in large part because of the drop in the dollar that, you know, from 2000, I would hazard a guess from when we came back in old 506 sorry to cut you off there, John, until halfway through 2013, 14, the others were probably an organization that was contributing to revenue sharing. Would you agree or disagree with that?
1: Uh, I, I think that they were contributing to revenue sharing over that period of time. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, that, and I, and I do think since, you know, I mean, it takes time in the new building, and I do think since the new building is up and running, I think they're they're back on the on the black side of the ledger. You know, I mean, uh, right now, I mean, uh, I think that what has always been the discussion point in Alberta is that Calgary stopped being uh, in that top ten group. Okay, and they haven't been nearly as profitable, and you know, which is one of the reasons why you you know the, the discussions about a new arena and long term prognosis for the planes has been a bigger concern than that of the Oilers.
0: Okay, so let's uh, take this one step further here. John Shannon joining us. Of course, he'll be joining us every Monday. Uh, we didn't have a show on Monday because we had the Labor Day Classic on the air. Uh, but John Shannon from Sportsnet, Arizona reports of losses of fifty million this past year. Has the rubber hit the road for that franchise? You think?
1: No, not yet. And by the way, losses of reported losses of fifty. I don't believe that simply because I don't think the revenue sharing equation allows for that in the NHL uh i, I mean it, it, it and i mean and maybe it's a semantic thing it's when you look at the books uh and perhaps uh, the money's like that prior to uh, uh the revenue sharing but but first uh, for, for the sake of argument the last two years on paper the carolina hurricanes made money after revenue sharing so which was the original idea of what revenue sharing was supposed to do—is make sure the have-nots have a chance to compete with the haves. Um, I don't. It, so the fifty million dollars would probably be before revenue sharing, if in fact that's a number that's
0: being bandied about. John Shannon joining us right now. All right. So you mentioned there's some other things that would have to come into play here for Seattle, and then some other byproducts of that. What about the CBA? Does Seattle getting... I mean, I look at this, John, from afar, and I'm not as tight to it as you are, and I go, well, if they're going to bring Seattle in as an expansion team for 2020, does that not decrease the probability that we would have a lockout? And if I recall correctly, you were the guy that said, uh, you know, you had a sense that maybe we wouldn't have a lock because there's been... Lockouts have been part of the uh, process here between Gary Bettman and the NHLPA. Yeah,
1: now, just to put it in perspective, Bob, a year from now, when we're doing this show... And, and hopefully the Oilers are back in Penticton
0: um, this week. <laughs> well, well call Bob and tell him that because I would have loved to have been there. I,
1: I know. I'm, don't worry. I'll, I'll think of you when I'm there. Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, I, what I think we're really talking about here um, is next year, both the Players Association and the league, within a two-week span in September of 2019, have an opportunity to opt out of the current collective bargaining agreement. Which changes a lot of what we're talking about because it then what then is there's one year to then renegotiate a new deal. Um, my hope would be that uh, that either if they if anybody opts out and it, it'll take the year to renegotiate, then we don't have the lockout or this this uh, 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 collective bargaining agreement is maintained for the eight year duration that it was negotiated. So, from that perspective, a year from now, that's the big talking point. Now, when you combine the CBA and the opt outs or the opt ins, any way you want to put it, with expansion, let's remember one key thing: all that Vegas money, not one penny, directly went to the players. All the all the Seattle money, which will be allegedly six hundred fifty million dollars. Uh, none of it at this point in this collective bargaining agreement goes to the players. Now there's new jobs. There's yes. the, you know a, a, another team with 50 NHL contracts, right? But there's no direct revenue from that 650 million dollars going to the NHL and the NHL. Or sorry, going to the NHL Players Association.
0: But there are more jobs.
1: But there are 50 more 50 more jobs. Sure and well you know
0: and, and and they bring in more money, which will in theory assist in bringing up the uh, salary cap as well, would it not John, when you I, go from it, thirty uh, to 30 oh, no,
1: uh, listen it, it, i mean it's classic economics, yes, you're right i mean it, it's a win win for everybody, but you know when you sit and talk uh six hundred and fifty million dollars and you divide it thirty one ways, you know that's a, that's two hundred and twenty million dollars that you know uh, Two, uh, sorry, twenty-two million dollars that, uh, uh, that that each of the teams will get.
0: Yeah, and therein lies part of the rub. So,
1: and that and that, and that be, now is that a big issue for the Players Association? It was a discussion point in the last CBA, but it it, it didn't get put in. Um, and I mean, where do we stand? Where do we stand with the Olympics, Bob? What's going It's not in the CBA this year either. No, does everybody want to go to China? And if, if the CBA gets extended or there gets renewed, we're not only talking about a, the China, we're talking about a potential Olympics in Calgary, and obviously everybody wants
0: our best hockey players at an Olympics in Canada. Yeah, John Shannon joining I mean, John, it's it's interesting to me. I just look at it at, okay, so you're creating another, you know, 50 NHL contracts, uh, additional revenue coming in from a, a new franchise that would be hot for a couple of years. I mean, if I was heading up the union in that regard, I'd say, well, we got to keep this going because we're providing more opportunities for people. But then again, I mean, I can tell you that when it came to uh, – Kinder Morgan. Uh, there was individuals that were involved with Federations of Labor in this province that were against the deal. And I oh, was. Oh, hold
1: on. We're 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 talking about a pipeline now. <laughs>
0: Well, the show is called Oilers Now. So, yes, I mean, you would think that logic would dictate that somebody that was involved with uh, the Federation of Labor uh, would want more people working and would be a supporter of uh, building a pipeline. But uh, if you read between the lines sometimes, you're thinking, does this guy support it or not? I'm not quite sure. I, I just, I- I'm i having a little bit of fun with you, you know. that? Yeah, me too. Me too. I-, I know, I
1: listen, I have enough trouble getting into my own politics here. I don't want to get in trouble in Alberta.
0: <laughs> well... Anyhow, I think I know which side of the ledger you come down on that. Otherwise, you wouldn't be on the show. <laughs> uh, I'm having some fun. Hey, we're allowed for lots of diverse opinion here. Where I'm going is okay. So you're the head of the Players Association. There's 50 more jobs out there. You know, 25 of which, you know, I'm average 2.2 2. 2.25 to 2.5 yeah. 2. million dollars per. Yeah. Let's keep this baby going, you know what I'm saying?
1: Well, and, and, and you're right about Seattle would be a team that, uh, like Vegas, would be uh, contributing to revenue sharing and do an excellent job in, in the short term. Uh, but So, so I mean, there are lots of positives on both sides. But as, as you well know, when it comes to bargaining, it, it becomes a little bit of a game of ego in it, between both sides. And, and it also becomes... T- for tat okay we'll give you that what are you going to give us back yeah you know are we, are we talking about okay we'll let you go to the olympics oh you know we'll let you give a we'll give, we'll give you a, a a 30 second share of uh of seattle okay but we're going to go to five-year contracts are you prepared to do that rather than eight or seven i mean what, what this this you know that's what bargaining is all about and and you know Capping escrow at ten percent. God, I mean, I can't believe that. It. It feels like I was talking about this for years. The yes. last time, yes. I don't want to talk about it this year.
0: Well, I was going to get you. Can you explain escrow to our listeners? Cole's notes version.
1: Escrow is the money that is held from the player's salary in a bank account, in order to make sure that fifty percent goes to the players and fifty percent goes to the owners at the end of the year. Right. Basically, it is additional revenue, that in order that they say that both sides, and the agreement is that both players get 50% of revenue, hockey-related revenue, owners get money the hockey-related revenue, and in order between revenue sharing and the profit, that the teams are able then to split that money or the players get the money back.
0: Yeah, interesting. But that's
1: what, when you, want, when you want revenue sharing and you want 50%, that's what you... That, that's. It's one of the things that I think in many ways from a player's perspective was a little ill-conceived because escrow has become a huge factor for players.
0: This text has come to us in the Westlock Ford text line. Bob, why are we talking about a pipeline on Oilers now? Well, you know...
1: Exactly, and I would say, hey, that's an excellent text and an excellent <laughs> question.
0: <laughs> We're just having some fun at a very uh, difficult time in the province right now. I mean, it's not that funny, but... Maybe that's the point. All right, John, uh, very quickly, I, and I had Al May on in the last segment. Uh, we're going to get a, a fellow by the name of Dom uh, Luchishan coming up uh, to talk a, a bit about projections for teams. So I'm going to put you on the uh, on the spot here. As a nationally-based guy who has Western-Canadian ties, uh, loves Penticton, why not? I love it too. Uh, but tell me this, are the Edmonton winners going to make the playoffs this year?
1: They're going to be. It's going to be tight, Bob. When you think that uh, the guys down the street are a better team, I think that the Los Angeles Kings are a better team. San Jose is not any weaker. Don't look now, but that team you think that lost $50 million, had a pretty good second half. Yep. Um, you know, all of a sudden, uh, that uh, weak Pacific division might be a little tougher, and that might be the only way the Oilers get in is that they finish third in the division because I don't think that we're going to see a decline in Winnipeg, a decline in Nashville, a decline in Dallas, and a decline in St. Louis. So all of a sudden, the Western Conference is hard. And the only way that a team like the Oilers, or the Flames even, might get in is being number three in the Pacific Division.
0: I thought St. Louis was the best team in the league when I saw them last fall. They didn't make the playoffs, and they've substantially upgraded their team.
1: Well, you think the four centers that they're going to play, that Robert Thomas is going to be their number four center. At the
0: start of the season, he might be number two by the end. He's a pretty good player. John, great stuff. We appreciate your time. And any time you want to shed a little bit of insight on pipelines, let us know here in Oil Country on Oilers Now.
1: Well, you know, I I, I spent 14 years living in Alberta, and I greatly appreciate what the pipelines did for me and what they did for the Albertans. But I'm not touching that one with a 10-foot pole.
0: (laughs) All right, John, you take care. (laughs) That is John Shannon, 124 in Edmonton. This is Orders Now. I'll get to some of your texts and emails when we come. Do we do emails? I haven't opened up the email in five years on this show. Actually, I don't even have access to it. Uh, But we'll get to some of your texts and tweets when we return on Orders Now. subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Welcome back everybody. Uh Bob, you mentioned Steve Earl and the Dukes. Is it the Dukes or the Ducks? From Jason from Sangudo. He is making a reference to the movie Unforgiven when uh, Gene Hackman's character uh, beats down Richard Harris's character and belittles him uh, for uh, a book that was beat. Well, wasn't the book supposed to be the Duke of Death? And instead he goes, is this the Duck of Death? But Hackman got his in the end. It's probably my favorite Western of all time. That one and The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And they both have got Clint Eastwood in them. I'll take uh, Great Westerns for 200, Alex. Text us at 630-630, your favorite Western. 128 in Edmonton. Uh, We will tell you, Royal Pizza still making it great. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. Royal Pizza, pizza pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu locations, visit royalpizza.ca. Download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Star for recommendation at Royal Pizza, Mediterranean Chicken. Speaking of Westerns, uh, do you know the Western that Tom Wilkinson appeared in? You can text us at 630-630. Name the Western that Eskimo and Edmonton sporting legend Tom Wilkinson appeared in. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.